Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. Um, so this episode, I kind of inserted in there, Kirby hates when I do that, um, because I'll like tell guests like, yeah, your episode's going to air probably on this date. And then I'm like, nope, I felt inspired. This needs to go out this week. And he's like, that's going to push everything back. And I'm like, yeah, I know it'll be fine. Um, so just a little taste of being married to me. Got to keep you on your feet. Um, so anyways, this episode is special because this last week was my birthday. Um, we did a little mini episode on ageism. If you haven't listened to that and you're a young doc or going to be a soon graduating doc, um, I recommend just going and listening to it because it's short and it's just my experience on how I handled getting asked um, how old are you? Because I was 24. And I was like, I'm your doctor. Don't worry. Just trust me. Um, but this episode actually came um, out of the fact that like, every time it's my birthday, it has me thinking about kind of what I've accomplished over the last year, um, how I'm feeling about my life right now, and then looking towards the future. And this past year was really different. So this may not be the episode that, you know, that you're thinking as far as like, wait, Lauren, I don't start thinking about goals until New Year's Eve. Um, but so maybe view this as like a premature pep talk for you if your birthday wasn't last week or is coming up um, and apply everything I'm about to say towards how you're picturing your 2021. Um, for me, when I'm setting New Year's Eve goals, I don't know, I almost like buck the system a little bit of like, ugh, how cliche. Um, I think that's the Enneagram wing four in me. That's like, oh, everybody else is setting goals right now. Like, I don't want to be cliche. I still do them. I just don't admit it to you guys. Uh, but no, more, most of the time, I spend a lot more thinking about what I want the next year to look like when it is... Um, my birthday. So before we jump into this episode, it's going to be a little probably more vulnerable. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be vulnerable. Uh, and I think you're going to get stuff out of it for sure. So don't worry, it's not just about me. But before we do that, we are going to do a listener highlight. This is from Dr. Jen, and it is five stars and it's phenomenal. This podcast is phenomenal. It's so refreshing to hear from Dr. Lauren about the real life struggles and successes of Cairo women. There's no better place to get your questions answered and continue to grow your business hearing from what others who have gone through it all. 
Thank you, Dr. Jen. I really, really appreciate that. And, um, you know, if this is one of your first episodes, I'm not answering a question today from a specific listener, um, but we do take questions and they don't have to be on chiropractic. Uh, this is, I just rebranded re to be a lifestyle chiropractic podcast. Um, I don't exactly know what that means, but I can't really call this a chiropractic podcast and I can't really call it like a business podcast. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. So, you know, because you never know what you're going to get. But if you have a question on life or marriage or relationships or money or chiropractic specific, um, write into the show. Uh, you can do it a couple different ways if you're not concerned about me losing it and you trust my organizational skills. Um, you can send me a DM. I will say that uh, it, it can get lost in there. Many, many of people have gotten lost in my DMs. And I apologize for that if you were one of them that I just ghosted one day. Uh, the more secure way to do it would go to our website, sheslayspodcast.com, and click the tab, submit a question. So um, before we jump in, though, let us not forget to pray. Dear God, thank you so much for these people. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the last year, um, for 2020 the weird ass things that have come out of it. Let us be present as we uh, commune together over this episode, whether someone is driving or running or cleaning their house or doing medical records, whatever they're doing right now, um, help this to be more about them and less about me. Help my heart to continue to move in that direction. Help everyone's heart move in that direction to make the care we give our patients more about them and less about us, how we serve and show up on this earth to be more about you, more about others, and less about ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so a little backstory on my birthday this year. Um, how do I say this? So I thought I was going to die before my 34th birthday. And I don't mean that in like a dramatic, oh my God, I was on a run and it was terrible. Um, I, for years, probably five plus years, Kirby would be able to tell me more because I remember I've talked to him multiple times about it, um, kind of thought I was going to die when I was 33. Didn't really know how. Um, I jokingly called this my Jesus year because Jesus died when he was 33. Now, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, people. Calm down. But um, I did have just this strange, I couldn't see past 33. I thought 30 through 33 were going to be like awesome years, like really some of the greatest years of my life. Um, and they have been. And then I just, I don't know. Um, I had it for a really long time. It would probably that Thing would only come up like once or twice a year and what was creepy about it is it didn't really freak me out now it did freak me out as we started to get closer to my 34th birthday <laughs> um when we were actually at Glacier National Park a few weeks ago and we were going for this long hike I told Kirby I said like okay I'm gonna tell you something um I don't want you to freak out uh but I need you to know just in case it actually happens because 
you need to know if I die today, I was psychic and I knew what was going to happen. And he's like, oh my God, Lauren, if you die while we're on our 10th anniversary trip, I'm going to go to jail. Like this is what like news dateline specials are about. And I'm like, okay, I'm just letting you know. So anyways, I didn't die in the hike and I'm like, okay, but we still have the plane ride back, but then both of us would die. And that's not the premonition. So anyways, I was mildly surprised and happy to wake up on my 34th birthday of like, huh, all right. So I spent five years kind of wondering if I was going to make it this far. So you'd think I would have like this overwhelming blessing sensation of it's good to be alive. Um, That wasn't really it. As I was prepping for a run, my cleaning lady, um, who's a few years older than me, you know, we were talking just about life and like there's things happening and she goes like, oh, you're just in the thick of it right now. Um, She's got like a 17 year old and a 15 year old. And, you know, she's like starting to figure out that second stage of life where she's an empty nester. And she's like, "Um, you know, I feel like I she's 38 and she's like, I'm waking up and being like, whoa, what just happened to the last like 10 years of my life. Like it was just a blur and she's kind of laughing about it. And I'm completely relating. Um, if you are a, if you're running a business, if you've got kids, whether or not you have kids, um, you know, you might be able to relate to like, I kind of started racing from the moment I graduated chiropractic school. And they told me I had to pay how much a month back in student loans. Um, And I've just been hustling and working my ass off and trying to not drop the ball and trying not to let everyone see how much of a hot mess I am for years. And I feel like every year is going faster. And when she kind of joked, I mean, it really hit home of like, she's totally right. Like I am spending so much time worried about not dropping the ball and in this anxiety mess, um, that I feel like I'm just going to come out 38 and uh, be like, what the hell just happened? Um, And so this episode's kind of around, you know, I went for a run, right? Kind of after that conversation with her and I started to think, and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to waste the next few years um, and wake up and be like, oh, that was, that was a mess Um, to be, overly dramatic about it. I've been granted the gift of being alive, you guys. I'm not dead. Um, and so I couldn't see past 33. So I, I kind of need to start going like, all right, are you cool with what the track you're on? Are you cool with the trajectory you're going? And if not, what are you going to do about it? So going for a run. And I'm like trying to get myself in this like pep talk space of like, it's your birthday. Let's reflect back. Cause when you're not thinking about running and you're trying to like think about bigger things, the run goes a lot faster. So I'm like trying to look back over 33, um, and come up with something that I'm like grateful for. This should be easy. Okay. Like not because I live a great life, but because Anybody who's doing the work to be grateful and present in life should be able to like 
recount moments that they're grateful for over the last year. And all my brain would allow me to do is go, you didn't lose any of the weight. You didn't increase your patient numbers. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't. And I'm just like, this is so dumb. So I switched over to a podcast um, and I was listening to Brene, Brene Brown and she was just talking, you know, like like we do on podcasts and sometimes there's a point and sometimes there's not. Um, OK, that's that's specific to my podcast. Brene Brown's is usually pretty on point. So she was recounting a um her book, Gifts of Imperfection, that I read a long time ago. It's apparently like the 10-year anniversary of it. And she was talking about how in the book she quotes Dr. Stuart Brown, and he says, the opposite of play isn't work. It's depression. And I am not going to tell you that I am depressed. I make jokes about having undiagnosed ADHD. I do not say... I do not bring up the phrase depression lightly. I am not depressed. I am not clinically depressed. I'm not borderline depressed. Like, I do not take that lightly for those of you that are fighting that battle. I am with you. I'm like here for you. I am not trying to be like me too, girl. Um, but I will definitely say I'm on the spectrum of mental health. Uh, and I'm hanging out in the anxiety section of, of it. Uh, over the last couple years, you know, I said like 30 through 33 were going to be like the best years of my life, and they have been. But um, when I was 31, I had $6,000 of uh, medical bills all around uh, heart workup to make sure that I wasn't about to die of a heart attack. Um, I have a congenital heart um, deformity that runs in my family, and I had after multiple half marathons kind of seen people like drop close to the finish line. Um, actually, my first half marathon, uh, a woman almost died on the finish line. Like as I was crossing the finish line of my first half marathon, like and think about all the training that I had done about like what it was going to feel like. There is a woman getting like CPR and like them draping, like covering up with a white drape. I'm like, holy shit. And so it was kind of in my head and I started getting heart palpitations while running. And I was like, uh-oh. So I got an echo. I got a stress test. I did, I wore a heart monitor um, all to find out that I have very beautiful valves and great blood pressure. I do have a resting heart rate of about 96. <laughs> That's not a joke, actually. That is true. Um, I just, I have for years, ever since chiropractic school, I just have a resting heart rate between 90 and 100. Um, you can tell by how fast I talk. So $6,000 later, your heart's fine. Well, literally, like, after I get that conversation with the cardiologist, where it ends in that really stupid, like, yep, he's going over things, and he's like, everything looks great. And he turns to me, and he goes, how's your stress level? And I'm just like, I mean, I'm fine. This is, I'm not stressed. This is just the normal amount of stress. Don't assume, don't put that on me just because I'm a female juggling all the balls of life of like work and whatever. And so I was like, yeah, oh, you're just asking me that because I'm a woman. I didn't say that to him. Um, I was just like, nothing out of the ordinary. Like, oh my God, how many of my patients say that? Nothing out of the ordinary because they're just so used to running that level of stress all the time. So then after I get like the all's clear with my heart, I got, for the first and only time ever in my life, 
um, I don't know if it was an ulcer. Oh, my gosh. It was terrible, like, IBS, ulcer, gut-wrenching pain for, like, six weeks. Um, TMI alert coming here if you're not a doctor and you're not used to hearing gory details about people BM. But, like, I was literally waking up two to five times every single night racing to the bathroom to basically pee out my butt because I had like it was I couldn't eat too much great news is I did lose 10 pounds I gained that back with fury though um but it was like I went from one ailment right into another so then the IBS went away and probably like four months after that was kind of the first time that I re-threw out my back um and for like the last year and a half, I've been dealing with back spasms that kind of pop up at really inopportune times. Like, you know, when you're like, all right, now's the time where it's the pedal to the metal. Like, this is what you trained for. And it's like, oh, I threw my back out. Shoot, I'm worthless for a week. So anyways, I go, I say all that to fill you in that like the last couple years, my body has been saying like, you are doing too much. And I'm like, no, that's not an option. I don't want to do less. Um, but I'm so constantly thriving and striving. Um, and Enneagram three here, where it's just like, this is how I get my worth is by doing things that I think I'm literally inhibiting my ability. And it's getting worse and worse over time to connect with people, my family, myself and to get joy just out of most days like our family does a evening like um what's the best part of your day and most of the time we start with our kids you know it'll be like either me or my husband prompting like what was the best part of your day and I would say probably only like a quarter of the time does it actually come full circle because one of our kids gets off on this weird tangent and whatever and I'm almost always conscious that it didn't come full circle and I don't re-stimulate the conversation because I can't think of something and that's fucking not okay it's not okay it's not okay that I went for a run and yeah it was COVID year who gives a rip like I should be able to pull joy from my life so I'm not depressed. Don't worry, folks. Don't don't like send the SOS or anything like that. It's just more of a wake up call that like, hey, I'm not going to keep being so not a not full participant in my own life um, because it's a great one. And that's what's hard with a lot of like the self-help stuff. And when you do therapy about like, Lauren, you just don't like your life. And I'm like, actually, I love my life. <laughs> like, I really love my job. I really love my husband. I love my kid. Like, I really, really do. I just think I need to um, start becoming an active participant in it. So I decided that I'm going to commit to a couple changes over the next year. This is kind of like my 2021 goals thing. Um, and these are big. They're really big goals. They're not measurable, which is actually the number one thing that like when you're talking about goals, I say like it should be measurable. We'll have that talk as we get closer to New Year's Eve. These are not going to be measurable. Um, they're just commitments. So I don't even want to call them goals. They're um, an awakening 
around five different areas um, that I'm going to start working towards. I do not anticipate that 365 days or a year from now, the next time that I'm doing a podcast episode on uh, for my 35th birthday, um, that I will be like, check, 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 check. Because as we get into them, I think you're going to know you'll know, like, these aren't really goals that you accomplish, and then you move on with your next goal. These are much more things that are going to be a lifelong journey, but I'm going to start. Okay, so number one um, area that I'm going to focus on this year is that I need to get a more authentic and um, consistent relationship with God. Now, when I talk about God, I will say he, um, just because it's shorthand. For those of you, like if you, again, if you're new to the podcast, like I am very spiritual. Um, I kind of come from, I don't want to say an abused relationship leaving the Catholic church, but like I grew up kind of Catholic. And when I married Lutheran, I remember one of my Catholic family members kind of being like, Ugh, don't you feel like you're kind of getting to pick and choose? And should that really be how it is? So I'm a little scarred from that. But um, what I mean by what better relationship with God is I believe that God lives in me. I believe that God lives in you. I believe that God lives in that tree. And I fully admit it already that I don't think I connect with myself on a frequent enough basis, especially I let the person inside of me that is so not God, um, call it what you want, but that yippy bitch who's just really judgy and causing the anxiety, she runs the show most of the time. So I believe that if I can figure out how to consistently connect with God the way it feels good to me and feels authentic, I will want to keep coming back to that well. Now, this is not a judgment of anybody else who's found a great relationship um, with spirit or nature or innate or God, um, but I think I spend too much time trying to mimic and be like what other Christians look like, and I feel like I don't have the authority to be like, that feels great for you, but it, it doesn't feel quite like it sparks the fire in me to continue wanting to develop that relationship. So I just need to figure out how to not have a cheesy relationship with God. Um, kind of like if you are a really close friend of mine, you know that you just kind of have to like make it by knowing you mean a lot without all the cheese and like affirmation and like, I don't know what I would do without you. <laughs> so how my best, best of friends and I work is by consistently showing up, consistently connecting, even if it's like for a three minute phone call. Um, but we're just there for each other without judgment and shame. We offer a lot of grace, a lot of grace. Um, my best friends don't get mad at me easily. And believe me, they probably should because I put my foot in my mouth all the time. I am like, oh, empathy work in progress. Like, and that's the kind of relationship I need with my God. I need my God to be so in love with me and understand me that like, I don't feel shame by saying the F word. Um, and then that little like old family member who goes, aren't you kind of picking and choosing? I don't know. 
I don't know, but I think I need to get over that hurdle of like, God is this man in the clouds and he's judging me. And like prayer looks like what prayer looks to praying to him. And I just need to figure out what my relationship with innate and inner just beauty and self looks like. Um, Because I believe if I stop trying to mimic what I think it should, and I pursue an authentic relationship with myself and spirit within me, uh, that I'm going to love it. And I won't have to remind myself, hey, you set a goal of praying every morning. Like, I will wake up excited. It'll be the first thing I want to do. So that's my goal. Uh, We'll see. So number two is to really let go of the identity that I have built for myself over the last 34 years. Um, this was inspired by another run, um, where I took a different route, um, mostly because I'm training for a trail run and there's this trail that runs through our town and I hate trail runs. I take that back. I have said for the last seven years of being a runner that I hate trail runs and that I'm no good at them. So anyways, I had to go for a five mile run and I came across this damn trail and I'm like, you should take the trail home instead of the normal way. So I did it and it was like fun. And it kind of awoke me of like, I have most runners, they have a three mile route, they have a four mile route, they have a five mile route, they have a seven mile route. Like you have your route. And it's nice because when you're waking up at 430 and you're not having to like create or recreate the wheel um, every time you go for a run. But it just kind of awoke me to the lot of the monotony that I have in my life. I have the same drink I drink as my nighttime cocktail. I have the same music I listen to, the same type of books I read, the same podcasts I do. I have created so much identity around myself as to what I am and what I'm not. I mean, so just like on a small level, like I don't like blueberries. I think I don't like blueberries. I don't know why I wouldn't like blueberries. I like huckleberries. I found that out at Glacier National Park. I like cranberries. I like cherries. I like, like, I just haven't really given blueberries a thought over the last 20 years because that's a storyline that I've done. Um, I don't read like horror fiction or listen to like fun stuff like that. I really think I would like a murder mystery or maybe something sexual. I don't I don't know. Um, but I just want to pick up a new book. Like I feel like my striving is constantly like, even if, so this is how bad my striving infiltrates so many parts of my life. Even if I'm reading fiction, it has to be like, on Oprah's top list or Reese Witherspoon's top list or the New York Times top list, because then at least I'm checking off something on a different list for somebody else. Like I can't just go to a bookstore and pick up a book without other people's opinions telling me, yes, you should read this book. Yeah. That kind of connects with like point number one of not only do I want to connect with God better, I want my opinion and God's opinion to be the most important thing, true, raw vulnerability moment. I mean, I joke about it all the time. I care way too much about what other people think about me. And you're going like, Lauren, you know, everybody does. No, guys, 
I've paid a therapist over the last few months. She calls me a narcissist. I always correct her and go, borderline, borderline narcissist. I've actually looked this up. Um, But part of being a narcissist is just thinking that everybody's opinions and like, and just spinning this about you. And it's like, I got to stop. It is not something that is bettering my life. Um, I spend way too much time thinking about what is going to please other people. And it's so weird because if you've met me, you'd think that's the last thing I do. Um, But it's a lot. It's a lot of time. And I just need to get unstuck. I need to get out of my rut. I need to start making decisions um, about what I want and stop kind of living on autopilot, Um, just doing different things. And like I said, it can be small things. It can be big things. It can be new trainings. um, But I feel like we get on autopilot and then we wonder why we're stuck and in a rut and like what we want to do. And it's like, well, when was the last time you tried a new hobby? When was the last time that you like woke up when you're like, no, I'm not a runner. Why? You could be. Um, or I'm not a swimmer. I'm bad at golf or I don't read nonfiction or I don't do this or I do this or like, I don't know. So I'm just going to on in a light way, like, and a heavy way, just really try and incorporate and catch myself when I'm saying like those identity statements and being like, does that still fit? Because some of them will, like some of them absolutely will. I'm not about to be like, am I a mother? (laughs) Some days I swear. No, just joking kids. I love you. Um, So yeah, just kind of wake up, get off autopilot. Number three, um, okay. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you, it will, it's likely not a surprise to you that I have some body issues and I really showed my crazy, um, back when Megan Sanvey was on, I think it was episode 10. It was like the path to self-love. Um, but I don't know if many of you actually know how bad it is. Um, So again, going to get vulnerable here. Sorry. So it is almost not a vacation with Kirby and I without towards the end of the trip, a sob fest of me in a bar, in our hotel room, wherever it is, because of how fat I look in all of the pictures and how frustrated I am that what I see in the mirror is not what I see on photos. It's happened so many times. Like it happened in Glacier. It happened a year ago when we were in Thailand. It it happens on most of our trips because what happens is as Kirby loves taking pictures, I love having my picture taken. It's actually one of my number one like objectives to most vacations is coming back with great photos of me for the gram and stuff like that. Again, this is why my therapist is like, I think you're a narcissist. And I go, nay, borderline. Anyways, so towards the end of a trip, you know, we're looking at photos and it's very rare that I don't see them and just judge the ever living shit out of every single photo. that he takes and not of him, but like of me of like, oh my gosh, I felt good in that dress. Why didn't you tell me this? And like, 
and he loves me a lot. And so he doesn't really appreciate when I go there. And so over the last year, um, kind of since the Megan episode, episode 10, so this is episode 72. Okay, so yeah, a little over a year, um, we've kind of started talking where he's like, I don't know that the way you view and talk about yourself is normal or healthy. Um, And I think especially, especially since we have two girls, um, that it's something that you should start working on because I really love you and I don't like that you don't love yourself. And it doesn't feel good to not love yourself. Um, We have been very protective of our girls. Um, I am like extremely diligent about what I say in front of them. I do not talk bad about myself ever in front of them. Like that is like a strict rule in our household from the time they could even like understand us. But my daughter's eight. And even though I claim she's not girly, I don't know. I don't know what the next few years are going to look like for her as she starts to become aware of her body. And I need to I just need to step my game up because I'm really, really sick of crying in a bar in New Orleans because I look fat in photos. Like, I'm just too old for this. Um, And it's not okay anymore. So that's going to be some work. I'm going to try and show up a lot more authentically and start working on it um, more heavily. Start reading the books. Start doing the work. Because I am ready to let go of that shit. Talk about, like, letting go of an identity. I do not want to hold on to that one. But for sure, that one just clings on. Clings on like a spider monkey. All right. Number four. Um, I would like to increase my flexibility both mentally and physically. So I want to do this. Like, I am just wound so tight, literally, in my muscles. Hello, I'm getting muscle spasms. But also through my, like, rigidness in control. So I want to start incorporating yoga, breath work, and meditation into the mix. The accomplisher in me, accomplisher, is that the word? Anyways, hates doing yoga because it doesn't burn calories and it doesn't get this body that I hate any skinnier, right? Okay. Um, Who can relate? Anyone? No? Crickets? Okay. So I don't like doing yoga, even though I know it's really good for me mentally and physically, but it doesn't... I don't feel like it moves the scale on what I'm trying to do. And so that goes along with number three. It needs to stop. One, I think it's going to help with my muscle spasms a lot just by creating more physical flexibility, but also just bringing awareness to the present and my breath and not that like fight or flight breath. Um, one of my strengths, so if any of you are familiar with the strength finder or the five strengths, um, one of my strengths is being, is futuristic. So it is a big strength of mine as an entrepreneur and leader to be looking towards the future and thinking big visions and big goals and never letting people settle and like pushing and pulling and doing all that. Now that futuristic Uh, strength has me thinking and strategizing a lot. It also, when I don't learn how to turn it off, has me spending a lot of time in angst and worry um, and anxiety. 
Like, and that's like, or it's like, okay, it's one thing to have a problem pop up, decide that the solution is a well-worded and poignant email and to send the email. And it's a whole nother, again, to take it to the next level of like, okay, if this person responds this way, I will do this. And then if they respond this way, I will do this. And Kirby and I spend time talking about that. Great. That's all I think healthy. Um, if that's what your brain needs, which mine does. What's not healthy is to then continue that narrative and be so consumed in the future what ifs that I'm not present in the present. And this happens on like a micro level all day. I think that this point right here is a big one why I struggle to find joy um, just out of the day. Why when we're at dinner, I get anxiety about, oh God, they're going to come to me and ask what was the best part of my day. And I don't really know. I literally can't think of a good thing that happened today. Oh, good. Ties off on some rampant about farts and lizards. So it won't get to me and I won't have to say. Um, so I just need to start doing gratitude exercises, meditation. A lot of these all work together, which is good. Because if I was coming up with five completely separate things, like pray for me, y'all, because it wouldn't work, I would, yeah. Um, so just, I'm, I would like to start doing some damn yoga and breathing and learning to be present and learning how to set a problem that's in process of being worked out on a shelf. If you asked me um, over the last year to name 20 things that I was anxious about that actually mattered, I literally don't know if I could name three. I could tell you something like, oh, I was really worried that... My friend Jenny, I don't have a friend Jenny, I don't think. So I'm just using a fake name. So like, now, now my friend Jenny is going to be like, bitch, I thought we were friends. Anyways, like I could tell you, I could list 20 things that are like, oh yeah, I was really concerned that Jenny was mad that I didn't come to her birthday party. But then she wasn't. And so it was fine. But I did spend like a solid day and a half stressing and talking to Kirby about it nonstop. Um, so I could come up with 20 things like that. But I don't know if I could come up with more than three major things that I stressed about that actually were deserving of the amount of stress that I gave it. And, you know, that's a good exercise for a lot of you of like, if you're a worry ward, if you live in the land of anxiety, you know, looking back and going, God, how much time I would dread if I got a data report, you know, you can like download those apps that tell you how much time you're spending on like certain apps on your phone. By the way, I would also dread that report if somebody told me like, this is how much time you spent on social media last year. No, thank you. Um, but I would also dread a report of this is how much time you spent worrying about things that by your own standards and values and definitions. So I'm not saying like what society says I shouldn't worry about. By your own moral compass, by your own faith, relationship with God, the things that you have decided are true and important. This is how much time you spent worrying about none of that shit, but all this other stuff. Like, you guys, it's got to be weeks. Weeks. I would not be surprised if I spent 
a tenth of my waking life worrying. And like, I, I don't, I don't think that's normal. Or if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, that sounds normal to me. I don't, honey, I don't, I don't think it is. And I think that, um, I think we're going to be wasting a lot of time and we're going to be like my cleaning lady who is going to wake up in a flurry, late thirties, early forties, empty nested and going, what just happened? I just woke up from the last 10 years. So I'm just going to like start working on my neurology, getting my body out of fight or flight, a little more into rest and digest and hopefully those back spasms. And I mean, for God's sake, if I am going to get stress-induced ailment. I at least appreciated the IBS. Yes, I did almost poop my pants multiple times. And we're not saying jokingly, like seriously, almost poop my pants. Um, but at least I lost weight. Nope. No. These are the type of things. <laughs> you see, I'm, this is going to be a work in progress. These are the type of things that I'm not allowed to joke about anymore. I love my body and losing weight with a serious ailment caused by stress that my neurology is saying I am doing too much is not a good trade-off. <sighs> Y'all are going to have to keep me accountable. Fucking hey. All right. Number five. Um, this is just to spend more time without purpose. Uh, Brene Brown, you know, talks about play being defined as purposeless acts, like things that you are doing to derive joy and connection, and that there is no point. There is, it's not for the gram. It's not for a medal. It's not for a photo. It, it, I don't know. It's not for anything. It's just for fun. It's a soccer game and back with your kids. It's a game of Uno. It's and I really just need to figure out what those things in my life are because every time I get a hobby, I turn it into a thing. I get a podcast. And I'm like, well, this is fun. Ooh, the podcast is doing really well. Let's grow the podcast. What are the podcast numbers? Or like, ooh, I'm, I like running. Ooh, I can run distance. Hey, I can get a medal for this. And so it's like, damn it, Lauren, stop it. <laughs> so I keep ruining my hobbies. Um, I really love laughing. Like, you know those moments where your face, like you literally have to like hold your cheeks and you have to, you admit out loud, like, oh my God, my face hurts. I'm laughing so hard. I can't name any of those moments. And I know they've happened, but like, I think it's because even in that moment, I'm not like soaking up every ounce of goodness out of it and just being present and being thankful for laughter. I take life too seriously. Now, maybe it was because I thought I was going to die before I was 34. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to end this podcast of like, I need to figure out how to keep accomplishing the things. You know, people go like, well, if you don't take life serious enough, you know, you have bills, you just built a building, you've got kids, you've got responsibilities. And I say, nay. Uh, this is the second time I've said nay in one episode. I don't think I've ever said it before. Um, I believe that you can take life a lot less seriously and still show up for your responsibilities. You can still make plans and strategize and not carry the weight of the world of those decisions. Um, I believe that. I'm not living that. Um, but I'm going to start working towards it. So these are going to be hard as hell. Um but I hope that they inspired you. Um, like I said, 
you know, as we are getting through Q4 and towards 2021, be thinking about these things, be reflecting on the past year. I really hope that some of these you don't have any issue with. Um, it'd be weird if you had all five. It's like you're my doppelganger, my soul sister. We need to work on this, girlfriend. It's not okay. Uh, but um, hopefully this did something for you. And this wasn't just a podcast about me and what I'm going to be changing over the last over the next year. Um, but I really hope to record an episode a year from now. I don't know how to do math. 52 episodes from now? Somebody smart will figure it out. 130? No. Yeah. Episode 130. Yes. I think. Um, I hope that I can reflect back on these five things and go like, this was my experience. This is what I did that worked. This is what I did that didn't work. And uh, we can all be like, yeah, I have to keep working on it. But I feel like I'm making progress towards being a better participant in the amazing life that I'm working my ass off to create. I love you all so much. I am so sorry to all my guests who got bumped a week because I decided to record this podcast episode. Um, I'm thinking about all of you. Uh, if this did something for you, I would love if you took the time to take a snapshot, screenshot it, share it, send me a DM. Let me know you're with me because I, Lord knows I'm going to need you to hold me accountable. All right. Until next Sunday. Bye, guys. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>